Sorry. I didn't unplug the other two mics on the uh on the mixer. So Oh man, could we get you in like surround sound? Hell yeah. Let's do, do it. like uh we'll do like Brett uh ASMR binaural. <laughs> this will be great. This is me coming out of the center channel. Well you really have to have the two the same average distance as your ears are apart to do binaural. Binar- I don't think I've ever said that word. <laughs> Binaural. Hey, there. I Binaural. can. I can mount them more. I can put them wherever. You should make a, instead of like you know they have those. Uh, what is it? The beer hats, right? Instead, you should mm-hmm. have like a microphone hat where it's oh, just like a mic hat. Yeah, and just it's microphones all around you. <laughs> that's that's like the opposite of bio. bio. <laughs> Omni oral. Yes, sound from everywhere. <laughs> have oh. you guys seen Real Genius? Yes, I have not. Oh, yeah, we just watched it recently. It's kind of cute movie. I forgot most of it, but I was thinking of the thing with uh, "This is God." <laughs> so that 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 real real genius and Ferris Bueller's Day Off are two movies that I'd only ever seen recorded off of TV. Like oh, the man. copy we had in our so, home. Oh, so you missed like, <laughs> right? So it's like, I, I mean, it, it was a wall. It was a long time ago. It was like twenty two or something when I finally saw them. But it was just funny being like, oh wow, <laughs> these are very different movies. <laughs> I don't remember this part. And and honestly, like when 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 I was growing up. It makes me look back at how impressive TV edits were back then. Mm. Like they did a lot of them that like I couldn't even tell it was edited. I don't think I watched a lot of movies like on on TV. On TV. There's also a surprising number I saw on TV that I watched later and uh, like R-rated movies and I watched later off of a DVD or Blu-ray and like there was nothing edited. Like it didn't Did you have cable? No, well, I did, but depending but on the channel like, back yeah, then, yeah. there wasn't a lot of unedited content. But like, I watched Terminator Two on like Fox, I think. Like every summer, it was on Fox, like two or three times a week. So I'd seen Terminator Two like twenty times before I saw the actual R-rated copy. Oh my god! There's not a lot they edit in that movie, huh? Like it's it's pretty much language, and that's it. Yeah, and sometimes they have the uh, if they know they're gonna milk it on syndication or whatever, they'll they'll have a dub. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They always have a dub. Ay ay ay. Uh, we good? Yeah. Yeah. I do have a brand new dining room table upstairs that just got delivered. So oh. I'm very excited to use it. Nice. Not that I'll use it tonight anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like you have like late night ice cream. No, we uh, we had one handmade or custom built for us. Oh, by, nice. Uh, a carpenter, not friend, but 
coworker of my father-in-law. So an acquaintance, pretty, pretty good deal. And my, uh, my parents actually delivered it for us today. So thanks. Pretty cool. I have a board game table that I got shortly before quarantine. And so I have not been able to play board games on. Oh, that's disappointing. Like like it's one of those living room or a dining room ones where you like take off the top and there's like a thing underneath to play board games on. Mm -hmm. Like the felt kind of. Yep. That's awesome. And also very sad. (laughs) Just sit there and like roll your D20 all by yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Mulan. I like the animated Mulan. Although I got to say this, uh, I'm not like a huge fan of the Disney live action stuff, but the trailer for live action Mulan, surprisingly intriguing. Well, they they were trying to do something different with this one. They were trying to be a little bit more culturally aware. And I would imagine a lot of that's because a lot of money <laughs> comes from China. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the original, original Mulan was not very culturally aware. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's the one that is the s- safest or easiest to make, to take creative liberties from the original and branch it off and kind of let it be its own thing. Yeah. Um, I guess the, good news is that we're actually going to finally be able to see it after six months of waiting yeah uh kind of kind of kind kind of so so disney announced that um if you are a subscriber to the disney plus hmm, media network uh, what you call it streaming service um that you will have the unique opportunity to <laughs> rent, purchase, but not quite own Mulan on September 4th uh, for the low, low price of $30. <laughs> that is uh... on top of what you're already paying per month for your subscription. So what, is, what is that? $37 total if you wanted to get it. Was it seven bucks a month? I felt like it was more. Well, I think it's like the first month of seven dollars or something yeah, okay. like that. No, I I think it is. I think it's seven dollars a month unless you have the bundle, which is like twelve or thirteen, which bundles ESPN. Yeah, it's seven dollars a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I paid for a whole or, year up front, so yeah. Then it's seventy dollars. Ah. Okay. Oh yeah, if you did the whole year, it is at a discount. Got it. So half of my annual subscription uh fee to have mulan Mm -hmm. uh, except when it comes out except not really own it right because if you ever cancel your disney plus you're just out 30 bucks yeah you you can't get mulan back right (laughs) this is very strange They, they took a lot of heat uh about this decision and i can't really blame the internet uh for dishing out the heat because I, I just, I don't well, know. It's, it's, it's such a money it's kind of It's kind of weird <laughs> because they they haven't really responded to it as far as I can tell. And I'm pretty sure it's just because they think it's still probably going to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, if it does well, who cares what people said, you know? 
Yep. It's going to be all about who spends that $30 when it actually comes out. Well, and even if it doesn't do well right away, they don't they don't have to report anything. Right. There, there's no one to hold them accountable. Does that make sense? And so they can say things like, oh, it was a great success. Lots of people have watched it. Um, and we're excited to announce that here in two more weeks, uh, it's going to drop down to $15 or whatever and, yeah. and try and, you know. Oh, man. Uh, Wouldn't that just make it worse, though? Like, if if they well, got everyone but, to pay 30 and then they're like, oh, by the way, we're just going to cut it in half. But but the <laughs> well, problem I think is if, if you're smart, you can read between the lines, but a lot of people won't. Right. But but the problem is they've they've kind of with their own rhetoric, they've trapped themselves in that way because they're like they're basically implying, hey, if you took two people and went to the movie theater, it would be about this much. Like that's how everybody's justifying it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, I'm not in a movie theater. Yeah. I don't have a movie theater screen. I don't have a movie theater surround sound system. It's not the same. <laughs> so you can't charge me the same. And then there's me who lives on my own and it's in the middle of quarantine. So if I were to buy it, I'd be watching it on my own, which means I'm paying 30 bucks to see it. Yeah, so, but you get to but you get to keep it so you can rewatch it. Yeah, but you I know, you know, and then, see <laughs> And that's yeah, that's that's a justification, uh, I guess. No, but. I don't. But, I, but that's the thing. I, I, when you have X amount of other things on Disney Plus, what what incentive? Like yeah. Mulan is not going to. Let me put it this way: from what I've seen, their marketing Mulan's not a one that I'm going to take my five year old to, and we're going to rewatch a hundred times like we do with Frozen. Right. Well, and uh, honestly, I think. I really think there's somebody behind the scenes that's going, we've got to recoup the cost of making this movie because they know they're not going to get oh, the movie sure. theater sales. <clears throat> right. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. They should be looking at it as, hey, we could get a bunch of people to subscribe for Disney Plus that aren't subscribed for Disney Plus. That's the way to me that would make sense is it's just like, hey, you can watch Mulan for free on Disney Plus on September 4th. And I think you'd get a ton of people that signed up and then just wouldn't unsubscribe. I think what, so what frustrates me the most is this uh, transformation of Disney Plus from a <clears throat> collection of what has so far been you know, free content. It's paid for, but you're not paying all, per all you item content, right? Uh, into now, Disney has created itself its own exclusive store, right? It's like, what if Nike didn't sell their shoes at Walmart, but you had to go to the Nike store to buy them, right? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. And, if you're trying to recoup to this pay... money, why is this not? And, and you, you had, had to pay, pay to get into store. Fee. Yeah. <laughs> um, why is this not on VOD everywhere? Yep. Char- well, it's because they want I, all the money. <laughs> but but I think what you could do is I think you could charge. Uh, I think you could charge thirty dollars. Maybe and there may be some legal things to this. Charge thirty dollars 
anywhere else, but on Disney Plus, you can watch it for 20. I think that would feel more fair to me as a consumer than uh, just the I am locked into watching it in one place. Yep. Um, when it wasn't and, and, and not even that I'm locked into it to one place because that, that happens more now with things like Netflix, like Netflix has Netflix originals. The problem is I'm not playing. The problem is I'm not used to paying that premium price for a single piece of content that then it's not even, I mean, it's kind of like this weird in between a rental and a purchase. Well, it's it's really unfortunate because we'd taken this huge step forward when movies anywhere came out, where like all the th- all the production studios had had realized that yeah. <laughs> having all these different digital stores is a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. So they're like, let's let's just agree that if anybody buys it on any of our platforms, they have it everywhere, and it was amazing. It was like, yes, we're finally like businesses are finally figuring out why people like the internet and taking advantage yeah. of it <laughs> and then disney's coming along going you know what we're gonna go not just back to the way things used to be we're gonna take two steps back and make it worse than it was before <laughs> it makes no sense in the current climate like if this had happened before movies anywhere I think a lot of people would have been jazzed about it. It's like, I get to watch a movie before, like in my home, that's brand new. That's never Mm -hmm. been in a theater and they would have been stoked about it. But we've come so far with Netflix originals and all this stuff that you just get as part of a package. Yeah. That this makes no sense in the current climate at all. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Michael? Any anything to add? I, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I am, uh, I'm pretty much on board with what you guys said. Uh, it just seems like a very strange decision for Disney to have made. Um, and maybe they know what they're doing better than uh, you know the rest of the people who are going to be consuming it, and they're going to make ridiculous amounts of money on this. Um, well, I think I'm, sure, I, I'm sure they will. In terms of it, th- everything that I'm seeing here is is money-based and not consumer-based. And that's what's okay. frustrating to me. I've There's another story we're going to talk about later where it's just so anti-consumer. And I'm just tired of bleepity-bleep <laughs> corporations taking bleepity-bleep dumps on me. And <laughs> I'm about fed up with it this and week expecting you to like it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah please sir may i have some more <laughs> yeah I, th- I think we'll find out in probably by the end of the year if this was successful or not based on if it happens again yeah i think <clears throat> i think if it happens again after mulan then we'll know that enough suckers bought it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um it was interesting. A frequent listener of the show, Brian, uh, sent in a link actually that is, I think, um, more relevant to this conversation than I had originally realized. But um, apparently, and I, I didn't even understand how this worked, but like there has been this 
long-standing um, legal agreement between movie production houses and cinemas about um, how they're able to interact with one another. And, you know, why is it that Paramount, Disney... It- you is know. this the Paramount? Yeah. So rules. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. there's an article. We'll put it in the links. But the um, Hollywood Reporter has an article here. Judge agrees to end Paramount consent decrees. Ugh. And from like the 1940s, um, there was a anti-monopoly uh, antitrust case, antitrust case against you know Paramount Pictures and um, forcing them and the end of what. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, in the 1940s, there was a antitrust case against Paramount Pictures where the outcome was that uh, Paramount couldn't be vertically integrated and they couldn't, you know, control the theater and uh, sort of the, the entire chain from production to consumer. And... Um, Apparently, instead of holding that up, we have now we're now getting rid of it. <laughs> and this sounds a whole heck of a lot like what Disney's doing with the streaming services and what everybody else is kind of doing. Um, they're they're finding these loopholes or getting around sort of the the meaning of the law in saying like, oh, we're just doing this on our online platform. You know, this isn't a movie theater. And um, <laughs> it, the whole thing just feels bizarre. And so now we're like deregulating you know, the motion picture industry and this is going to it, how long before we see it in a Disney movie theater. Right. And then, Oh, that's the only place you get to see your Disney movies. Well, and the, the thing that's so frustrating about this is their argument is for why they're getting rid of it is because, Oh, it, do, it no longer makes sense in the changing yeah. climate that we're in, I, but, it, it but it makes never more goes, sense than ever. <laughs> it never works the other way. So like when, People were illegally downloading movies and TV shows and music because it was a million times easier than having to buy an entire CD, for example, to get one song. There is not a law that came down saying, hey, given the changing climate, we should make (laughs) these things easier for people. It's like it never goes that way. It never goes the way that helps individuals. It's always like. Oh, hey, given the changing climate, we need to let these giant corporations step on the consumers more. It's because individuals don't have lobbyists. And, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's follow just, the money. It's just insane. Like, it makes no sense. You're right. Like, the, the, the arguments given for these changes, uh, just, absolutely make no sense. It's like they're saying it with the hope that everyone's just gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, changing climate, whatever. And and not pay attention to what they're saying, um, yeah, because it just seems to go completely against the grain of what, like you know, Brett said it. It's more relevant now than it has been in such a very long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's very strange. Like, <clears throat> I, and it all seems so short sighted. Like, I get you, you can see a situation right where you have all these these companies. Paramount, Disney, Universal, whatever. And they just, you know, glob together like T9000s. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up with like these behemoths that, um, like, eventually you're going to run into market problems and 
they're, you know, they're going to have too much power and you're going to have more, uh, hopefully in the future, antitrust cases, and they're going to get broken up again. Um, because it, it, in the end is not good for the consumer. It's not good for the industries. Well, um, and the strange thing is they, they were even making an argument that this would help theaters because these chains would be better able to like market themselves. And it's like, but that only helps the big companies that own theaters. Yeah. It's, it's going to hurt theaters. Like it's, what it's if going you... to actually make way less theater chains exist. Yep. And it's going to be the same thing that happens in every industry. When you don't have rules like this, we're actually going to get less and less chains because they're going to buy up each other mm-hmm. Yep. until we're going to be left with two theater chains across the United States. Yep. But it's not a monopoly because there's more than one. Exactly. It'll be the NBC <clears throat> Comcast universal, uh, Verizon theater chain. <laughs> you, you left off one. It's got to have like Cinemark in there somewhere. But then AMC will be the other one with yeah, be a Fox and T-Mobile. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so are oh, you unfortunate? You haven't watched Parks and Rec, have you? No, I haven't. There, there's a very funny joke. They have a season that's in the future, just because they thought they're going to get canceled, <laughs> so they had like a, like a whole season. An, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you real quick. It doesn't really spoil anything. They basically thought the show was going to get canceled. So the last episode of the last of the second to last season, they had like a flash forward to show a little bit of like where everybody was. But then they got renewed, and so they're like, uh, <laughs> so they they just kept it in the future. It's it's just like a few years in the future. That's pretty. But they funny. have like an ad at one point that it's like uh, Verizon Exxon Mobil, and it's like uh, Chipotle, <laughs> Verizon Exxon Mobil Chipotle, and it's like it goes through this ad that makes no sense. And then in the end, proud to be one of America's four companies. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so it hurts. It hurts. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on a tangent. No, that's great. No, I love it. Parks and Rec tangents are always approved here. <laughs> oh man, I think this is the second so, time we've talked about the show now on the show. Oh, so I got. Well, I, I, I just gotta rewatched it. it. I've been watching a lot of feel good shows during quarantine. So yep. you got to. Yeah, you got us. Mm-hmm. Um, are either of you planning on paying thirty dollars to watch Mulan? No. Uh, no definitively yeah i've kind of drawn a line in the sand as well despite the fact that i have an entertainment based podcast that definitely would appreciate uh having that review i've said no (laughs) yep is there like a price point where you say i'm okay paying 12 bucks or 15 or five uh, for me, it's about location. It's the fact that it's exclusive to Disney Plus. Um, if they think they have they have a premium product, I am happy for them to attempt to charge people whatever they want. Um, Without so yeah, keeping is- it inside the the walled garden of Disney right. Plus, correct? I, I even would have been okay if they'd done a tiered thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it would have like, and I think this would have been another business idea that would have made sense for him given the current climate with COVID mm-hmm. of like, Hey, we're going to have a nine ninety nine plan and it's going to come with all brand, all the brand new Disney f- films that are coming to theaters. They're going to come to streaming day one. That sounds like an amazing deal. 
That'd then be you, interesting. You wouldn't yeah. have anybody complaining except for theater chains. And, but this, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, Brett. It's like, it's not even about the $30. Like the $30 is enough to make you balk. Even if it didn't have the subscription fee. Right. But, but the fact that then I'm still tied to that subscription service forever, if I want to keep that movie I paid $30 for is just absurd. Yeah, I think we we rented or actually bought we bought Scoob when it came out VOD back in the end of May, beginning of June. Um and we did that one for 20 or 25. Uh, but we but we I mean it was a bot. We were able to buy it and it's in our movies anywhere collection now and I don't I don't regret that. Um but I, I liked having the choice of where I could purchase it and that it wasn't tied behind something else. Now, ironically enough, because I have HBO Max, I could watch Scoob for free, you know, <laughs> yeah. six months later, not six months, th- two, three months later. Um, but that idea of exclusivity is is uh, and, and timed exclusivity is fine. Uh, it's the, am I locking this off behind a second paywall that really bothers me? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep the, we'll keep the show moving and I think we'll do a little bit of a, uh, we'll do a bit of a Samsung palette cleanser here. Uh, cause I know, <laughs> I know Brett's gonna have to get spicy later on again, <laughs> but, um, so Samsung had a, media event stream live stream called Mm -hmm. the uh, unpacked event and they announced a whole bunch of new hardware uh i am not like uh, i mean i don't think any of us are really uh samsung hardware users but they definitely had some interesting stuff samsung tv i think that's about it yeah yeah i have a samsung tv literally three feet away from it so (laughs) Um, no, I've actually always been uh, – Samsung has just – they've done a good job of being the premium Android product. Um, and so I always pay attention to them just because a lot of what they do does influence Apple. Um, and vice or at versa. Least they're, and vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> vice versa, which I thought we saw – interestingly, we saw a lot of that in this show. Um but they they released or they announced their their new phone, the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra, which I thought looked fine. Um, I don't know. Their phones have always been boasted pretty impressive specs, while not necessarily delivering performance wise. I think Apple gets way more out of its silicone than Samsung tends to, just with souped up <laughs> here's extra ram and yeah. and whatnot um, well, and i think a lot of it comes down to too that samsung like makes their own versions of android to put on mm, their phone mm-hmm. yep I, and i don't know if they still do but they did when when i last used a galaxy note which was probably seven years ago mm-hmm. um it came with like their own version of android that ran way worse than regular android and was and had a bunch of like 
bloatware. It's not really bloatware. It's just it's doing something that a built-in Android application already does. Mm-hmm. And you and you have to use their had to use their Samsung version. And I think I think and I think uh, Google's actually gotten better at it since then. I think they've kind of tweaked some roles and stuff to use Android, so they can't do that as much. But that's always been my impression of Samsung is they it's not that their hardware's bad it's that they just don't use it well <laughs> yeah it's it never seems to be optimized um for for use with that hardware the software at least yeah yeah uh michael anything stand out to you well i mean i i had the same impression that you did which is um samsung just they want to be apple so bad <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and uh so we've got we've got the new phones and they got their tablets and they've got that they've got that tablet like that looks exactly like an ipad <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> which um, to be fair when everything's going like edge to edge yeah that, you know it, bezel is it everything does look the same but i saw it and i was like oh that's an ipad <laughs> yeah yeah and they I, got I their, uh, think... the, go ahead is it the airpods pro uh, you know, version they're they're the Galaxy Buds live. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I I looked at the hardware. Um, I will say the Galaxy Note twenty, uh, and Ultra, which are, I guess, uh, just size differences, right? But they um they look nice, and the Ultra especially, like when you see it in action. I, I watched a few YouTube videos reviews. Yeah. Um. I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. The f- like full front screen, like the whole thing is a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's a pretty impressive user interface, um, experience. You know, you flip to full screen video and it takes up the whole device or you, uh, you know, you have various UI elements that can sort of go beyond the normal borders. And, mm, and yeah. I saw some, some pretty clever use of that. And I thought, you know, that's like, that's great. It just gives you more interactive space and that's pretty cool. Um, the camera bump on these things though is like insane. It's like, it's, it looks as thick as the rest of the device itself. Like it's, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have these big optics, right? So part of their thing is that they have a five X, optical zoom whereas the iphone is limited to a 2x optical zoom mm-hmm. and um they you know if it, if you have optical zoom like physics gets in the way you've got to have the you know lenses take up space and i guess the way they got around it was by putting this giant camera bump on this thing um, it just, it looks comical. I, maybe it makes it easier to lift it up off a table. So maybe it's a, it's a feature. <laughs> it's not like a, a little, uh, yeah. A little I, I mean, unless, unless they did something to make it not do what even the iPhones relatively small bump does, which is every time you touch it, when it's on a table, it makes this sound. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it being great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just. I don't, I don't know me. how well the mic picked how well the, the mic picked that up. Oh yeah, it, I it, heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, yeah, but like you know, I was, I was watching. I was thinking, wow, that's like kind of sharp looking. And yeah, I like how the the screen wraps around. It's a you know full device thing. And then and they flipped it around. I was like, oh whoa. <laughs> yeah, a little, little much. So wait, was this the ultra? 
thought the fold the, was the one. No, the with ultra. The crazy screen. So I haven't seen a good. The uh, ultras is a little bit thicker than the twenty, uh, the regular twenty, but not. I mean, it's not like it's double. It's maybe. Okay, if that's eight point one millimeters, that's probably two and a half millimeters, maybe three millimeters, and the other ones maybe two millimeters. So wait, I don't know. So I didn't. I'm I'm eyeballing the schematics on their website. I I didn't watch the event, so I may be confused about this. Are you talking about the one that folds out into like a bigger screen? No, this is just the. This is just their flat. Or are you talking about the no, bigger no, no, one? No, I'm talking about the f- the flat, the note. So oh, it has it has the little S yeah. pin that okay. tucks into the corner and it yeah, just, yeah. No, but I was I was pretty interested in the fold. Uh, not to say yeah. I don't think I still don't think they're there. I think we're still in the very early development phases here. But it looked much more usable than all the folding phones we've seen before. And you'll notice that I think we mentioned in the last one is we think I thought the secret was kind of not actually having a screen that folds, but has two screens that come together really well. And that's what Mm. they did is the screen doesn't fold. It just, when it closes, the screens are touching each other really well. So I'll be interested to see how that develops. They were very careful though. I think not to ever show one image covering both screens. So you can't actually tell how much of a gap there is. So I'm curious to see how much of a gap there actually is. Yeah, they have some promo stuff on their website, but I assume that's all photoshopped anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It uh I haven't seen a good look at it. Well, and I think that's I, probably on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's just it's still amusing to me that I don't I just don't understand the desire of that form factor. No. You but I, I don't I, I, I don't I don't get how you guys don't get it like the like the idea of having a phone that transforms into a tablet in your pocket. But it's not a very big tablet. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just it's not so much a tablet. It's just a really fat phone. It goes from like a really yeah, skinny it, phone to just a fat phone. But it, but it's a, it's about <laughs> it's about the fact that it fits in your pocket. It's look, Michael and I are very like cinematic people we like our long narrow displays whether they're so vertical or horizontal we don't care but so that's really what it squares is. just don't work it's that it's it's almost square is that really what the problem yeah is? i think that's all it is because because i totally get it like that this the screen is still like big enough that like typing would be more comfortable like you could view a web page viewing web pages on your phone would be more comfortable because let's be honest even with my giant iphone the biggest one they make it's still not comfortable to browse on it compared to any other device that you own yeah i wonder if this like solves the problem though because some of that comes down to you know uh, a mobile version of a site being loaded rather than the quote desktop no, version of a but site. I, but I don't even mean that though. Cause it's, it's like even cause I had mine set where it defaults to desktop on anything that'll let me, but even on those sites, it's still not comfortable. Cause it's like, they I think have, Timothy they, just needs to get his eyes checked again. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, 
browsing is not comfortable. I don't mean like how it looks. I mean, sure, sure. So no, I only get so much can fit on the screen at a time. And it's going to be cramped because they have to fit your form factor. Yep. If I have a preference, I will choose my iPad to browse the internet exactly. versus my phone. I understand that. Yeah. So to me, that's exactly where this comes in. Is if I like if I was stuck waiting for my car to get repaired, all I have on me is my phone. This would be amazing because instead of having to browse on a, a iPhone screen, I can browse on a seven point six inch tablet. That's way better than a what is it a three point five inch screen? Call me old school, but the way I handle that usually um, is that I use my phone and I pull up the page that I'm interested in, and if I'm going to come back to it later, I just leave that tab open, and then when I get to my computer, I open up Safari and it has a list of all the tabs that I have open on my iPhone, and I just load it there. Well, but you're talking about a different problem. I'm not talking about a problem where. I want to view this page in the perfect way. It's I'm browsing the internet because I'm bored or I'm stuck somewhere. And the only device I have on me is my phone. It, I, I want to view it now. I don't want to wait to get to a computer. I want it. to view it now, but it's not comfortable to do it on my phone. I guess I'm just not, maybe I'm not as bothered by it. I guess uh, the, the, I don't quote standard form form factor for phones. Um, I do get what you mean though. Like the, the phone effective pixel resolution is substantially lower than basically any other kind of display. But um, I, it's just weird because I like we're talking in two completely different ways. Because you're talking about it like I'm saying it's a problem. I'm not saying it's necessarily a problem. I'm saying this would be a more a better experience for that situation. Like I want, I would rather be able to. All I have to do is pull up my phone and unfold it, and all of a sudden I have a better experience. But it would have to be a really good phone. It couldn't just be because I mean the fold I don't even think is as fast as their ultra, and the I don't even think the pixel densities is good. It's like it's got to be like an Apple experience. It's got to be their top of the line device, not. Oh, we also have this other one that satisfies you people that want a folding screen, you know? Mm. How much is this thing selling for? Is it two grand? The old, the first gen of this thing was two grand. I I haven't seen a have price on a this price? new one. I don't think they posted a price. Mm. I could be wrong. Maybe it's just it's a sign up for... Oh, I guess uh, September 1st, they're going to have like another event to more fully this is a pre-announcement for the full announcement (laughs) this is a trailer for the launch advertisement yeah like i'll I'll be completely honest if i was going to pick a phone out of this lineup i still wouldn't pick the fold even if it was the same price i would pick the note because i don't think they're there yet but looking at the idea of it i really like it yeah okay that's fair that is fair. I would agree. And that that right there is why they make different <clears throat> products. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Some people want different things, and that's okay. And one day we'll have those crazy tablets from all the sci-fi shows and movies. Where they're like clear glass and like holograms pop up off of them. I don't think they'll ever do clear <laughs> glass. <laughs> clear glass looks cool on screen, but I just can't imagine a time when that would be usable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No joke. 
like, don't, don't you want the expanse like flick to i could just flick something from my phone to your phone <laughs> it is kind of cool airdrop is uh close to that but not yeah but you, you gotta know. hit you gotta hit like four buttons you do you really do <laughs> and it, and it never quite works exactly like your maybe i just airdrop between older devices enough that i'm constantly like Okay, where is it? Why is it not popping up? <laughs> yeah. Why does was, it not see now. this phone? I was actually pretty impressed. I used AirDrop to send like uh, 20, 30 photos um, from me to, to my wife. Yeah. And it works great when it works. Yeah. And they just zoom right over the network. I was like, did it Did it really just copy, you know, what, 100 megs or whatever that would have been? I, I've been hearing about people that are using it a lot more because of quarantine. So they're like editing more stuff at home mm. and there and people have been talking about oh yeah i just airdrop like my 30 gigs of video that i recorded and i'm like that's that's insane to me <laughs> like, oh my word like, that was not <laughs> wow. the way i would solve that problem but no <laughs> it, it's probably faster though than plugging in the phone hardwire because yeah uh, yeah i think that's limited to usb two speeds isn't it the the mm-hmm. lightning plug i don't know I think you might. Oh, correct. lightning! Why? Why are we still using you lightning? Just, you just, uh, just plug in, uh, you know, the SD card. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think the USB C to lightning might be USB three speeds, but I could be wrong. The uh, the cable that comes with the phone is definitely not because it's like mostly a charging cable and right, right, and has a. But the phone might be able to do something more than that if you have like a more capable cable no idea anyway uh let's see here while i'm on my rants about things because uh speaking of sending a whole bunch of photos one of the things that i like to do on my iphone that are that i can't really do is take a bunch of pictures and then i want to clean them up i want to you know color correct them sort of play with the hue saturation brightness shadows highlights all that kind of good stuff uh and tune the photo to make it look how i want it to look rather than just what the camera snapped um yeah. usually it does a pretty good job when you just you know snap the camera but i generally want to do some sort of enhancement to it i want to change highlights change shadows that kind of thing and if i take you know 15 20 photos 30 photos and I want to keep 12 of them, you know, that means that on the phone, I have to go and like do the exact, and, and we're in the same area, right? The camera's seeing the same thing and it's generally giving me the same exposure for each of these pictures. Mm-hmm. But if I want to make edits, I have to do like the same sequence of edits to each photo individually, which is yeah. just like, so painful and i was i was frantically searching online because i i had this like stack of photos and i thought i'm gonna spend more time doing these edits than if i can go (laughs) and figure out how to copy and paste photo adjustments between photographs so i like spent five minutes trying to dig this up and it does not exist like this is not a thing you can do and i can't figure out why um why can't I in the i in the photos app on my iPhone like tap and hold on a picture and say copy adjustments and then select ten other pictures and say paste adjustments? Like it's not that hard. Uh, yeah. The software is completely capable of doing it. 
um, if they were to, you know, just put the controls in. It's it's not crazy magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like that was just driving me nuts, though. So I'm sitting there doing the exact same sequence of edits. Like it's like okay, hit auto from there. You know, I want to bump up the shadows a little bit, and I'm going to bring down the highlights a little bit. I'm going to shift the color tint, you know, three, you know, five degrees that way. And it just, like, you have to go through this very sequenced series of edits. And then you get to the end, and it's like, save, wait a second, saves, go to the next photo, start over. Okay, go. (laughs) And, And the best part is, I bet you that when you searched for that, that there were articles that were named how to make how to copy the settings to multiple photos and so you're like oh great and you click on one and it's like oh you can't it's not possible (laughs) it was (laughs) was something along those lines yeah oh just the internet is just such a because my because i had this i had this thing uh that drives me nuts which is i don't want the row of contacts in my share menu it Mm, just drives me nuts that it's there and oh, so I yeah. searched, I searched online, like, is there a way to get rid of that? First article, here's how you get rid of it. Well, you can't really. <laughs> and then it proceeds to tell you, if you really want to, you can delete every single message on your phone and it'll make it go away. <laughs> like, really? That's that was the solution. Like, right. Like anybody would ever do that. <laughs> Technically, we told you how to get rid of it. Not that anybody would actually do this. <laughs> Oh, how terrible is that? Yeah. We'll see. Are you uh, either of you running the uh, public betas for iOS 14 or macOS Big Sur? Nah, I am not. Yeah, I won't touch that with a 50-foot pole. Nope. I, I mean, I, do, I have the two devices, the iPad and the, and the iPhone, so occasionally I do if there's a feature that I've been dying for, the, for iOS to have that mm-hmm. is in it. It's just not one in iOS 14 that's big enough for me to 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 take the hassle to get it installed. What I can't wait for is when uh, Big Sur actually comes out, and then I'm going to have a perpetual and forever notification in my system preferences saying, you have a yeah. system update available, and you can't get rid of this. <laughs> Every day, we're going to remind you. Oh. What, what, you want to update, I, right? What I love on my phone and my iPad is that whenever an update comes out, I have it set to automatically update at night, but it fails uh, most of yes. the time. Wait, so really? then it just it just Good keeps Lord. telling me every day, "Hey, we're gonna try updating it tonight." I've never it's, seen that. Mine did that just I bet this you have week turned with off. the one of the smaller updates, um, and so I was able just to do it. I was able to update it. It let me update it wire like I wasn't plugged in. I was on cellular. But it was a small enough update that it was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, like three nights in a row, I was like, okay, maybe it'll update tonight. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and it doesn't even like, it's not, it, it's, it's not even like when you wake up, you get a message that's like, hey, it failed to, to update. It just tells you again, oh, hey, we're going to try to update tonight. <laughs> <Just grab laughs> <a hot> day. <laughs> Didn't we just do this? Um. No, I definitely have the auto updates turned on because uh, I occasionally come downstairs and get my phone and and go to open it. And it's like, why why do I need to put my passcode in? Uh, oh, uh, got it. Yeah. You updated last night. Okay. Which, of course, like resets my one password 
login status and all that. But um, that's really crazy. I actually haven't had that as an issue, mm. but not surprising. So now, now Brett, now that you're like nice and warmed up, um, can you tell us about uh, this whole Xbox X cloud on Apple platforms thing? Guys, I was, I was so excited like two weeks ago because we got the announcement that xcloud which has been in beta it's it's microsoft's new cloud game streaming service uh was going to be bundled into xbox game pass ultimate which fantastic which both of us have already tried and works really well yeah yeah we yeah uh timothy and i both had the beta of xcloud and it worked quite well um, on iOS. Um, no complaints from me as someone who's also tried out Google Stadia and felt like it was fine as well. Um, but I wouldn't be something I would necessarily probably pay a separate monetary value for. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the fact that it's bundled in with uh, Xbox Live Ultimate Wait, no. Game Pass X- Ultimate. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Their their uh their subscription uh tiers maybe need to get simplified a little bit this fall. Yeah, I am super <laughs> yeah. confused about what <laughs> all these things they're are. They're kind of all over the place. Um is th- I thought that was awesome. I was very stoked. Um and then come what last week, 2 weeks, I can't even remember. Uh, so they announced that it was going to be bundled in there, and then they had their their kind of their game show um, where we got to see a bunch of games. Oh, really cool! I can't wait to play Halo on this new uh, you know new new streaming thing when I'm not at home in front of my console. And then just just this week, um, we saw with the Samsung event, we Xbox was there and was like, oh hey, we're coming, you know, out of kind of not really out of beta but we're launching with uh with android here on september 15th with, a, with 100 uh, games with 100 games yeah yeah it's like oh dang that's awesome why is it only on why why are we talking only android and there was just silence <laughs> on the uh on the ios version of it and then all of a sudden we lost uh, access to the uh the beta test versions of it on ios and then they came out and just flat out said hey apple is being a real big pain in the butt and is not sorry i'm really trying to censor censor myself tonight (laughs) um you know, I don't want to get that little e explicit uh, icon. That's what the coins. That's what the coin sound bleeps are for. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, my bad. Ah, an apple. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So essentially, um, Apple has committed to blocking stream like game stream service apps um as long as they come from the cloud right yes um so even like apple arcade you you don't 
stream that service. You download those games. Um, but I don't understand this. Um, <laughs> on it for a number of reasons. Uh, the first one, the first one being their initial response was that, you know, games need to go, need to be provided as apps so that they can be properly vetted and enjoyed, uh, because, because all of Apple's customers, you know, trust that their app approval system weeds out anything that's awful. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, 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 no, that's not how the internet works these days. <laughs> um, because your Safari app will definitely, you know, take you to places that aren't uh, <laughs> take you to places vetted. you've never been before. Oh boy! Um, and right, right, but that's a that's a first party app, Brett. That's true. That's a first party app. They do, they uh, don't have to follow the same rules. <laughs> Uh, and then there's and then there's apps like that are third party, like Netflix, which provides content that's not on your hosted on your device that is streamed via the internet. That is definitely not every piece of content in that is not reviewed individually by Apple. Yeah. Um. And we're getting to the point where some of that content is becoming. And it's not, admittedly, it's not a lot, but there is interactive content on Netflix and where those lines start to blur. It's really, really interesting. Yep. <sighs> Someone else talk because I'm just no, flustered. I'm, I'm completely with you. It's, it makes no sense. Like, uh, like if video games didn't have a rating system, I could see an argument because mm -hmm. there's no way to, to for parents to easily determine if a game is appropriate for their kid. But guess what? There is a, a an organization that rates them and it's arguable, but I'd actually say that they're a, a little bit better at rating than MPAA mm -hmm. because they don't make people pay bribes to try and get a better rating for their <laughs> movies so that they'll sell more. What? Um, I mean, it's not a bribe. They just have to resubmit it <laughs> without making any changes. Um, no, but uh, it, it, so, it, but there's just not an argument that I see. It doesn't make any sense. It's what's what's the difference between an R-rated Netflix movie, and I think there's even unrated movies on Netflix, and a or an M-rated video game. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? I, I was. I was trying to play devil's advocate with this in my head and I didn't get very far. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but my thought with, with this is gaming games, right? It means kind of a, a bunch of different things and it can mean everything from what I think you guys and myself uh, interpret it to mean, which is um, you know, video games, computer games, um, uh, you know, Xbox titles, PlayStation titles, that kind of thing. Um, but it can also mean like gambling type games. And sure. I think yeah, sure. that uh, 
the angle that Apple is taking on this is is they're trying to lump all of that together and they're including that they are not, for whatever reason, willing to slice those as separate entities. And um, they're saying, you know, if there are... This has been a problem with the App Store, right, actually, which is these sort of bad actor, um, quote, games that sort of... um, are predatory on, on some people's addiction to gaming and they make unbelievable amounts of money. And, uh, there's arguably stuff on the store right now that should not be on the store. And is, it is pretty disgusting actually. And it's, it's unfortunate that Apple has let those through, um, where, you know, other games, and services, they're saying, "Oh no, no, you can't, you can't have that." Um, so they're being a little bit inconsistent with their rating schemes and, and their 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 firewall here. Um, well, that's that's what a lot of people think it actually is. Is not that they're trying to protect consumers, but that they don't they know they won't get any piece of the pie. Yep, right. And so that's that, that that's what it is. Yep. And that's the other side of this coin, which is it, it, it's very interesting with um, all these uh, antitrust um, investigations going on, whether anything's going to come from them or not. I mean, it doesn't look particularly promising at this moment, but um, the conversation's out there and people are getting becoming more aware of it. But uh, the some of this stuff is just crazy anti-consumer yep. and it doesn't mm-hmm. make me feel like... Um, you know, I I don't feel like a valued consumer. I, it, the things that would be a good experience for the end user are not being taken into account. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, I, and they, they mentioned it briefly, but I think it in the article, but I think it bears talking about somewhat. There's already a steam app on iOS that lets me play any game that I download from steam on my iPhone. As long as my computer's on, I can stream it from my computer to my phone, but Apple's not approving any of that content. Mm -mm. How is that any different? It's like the only difference is it's coming from my computer instead of the cloud, but it's still actually coming from steam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the difference? None. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I wonder if they would have a different stance about if you were playing Xbox games on your Xbox. Cause that was, is that, that wasn't X cloud. What was that called? X split. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? No, isn't that a broadcasting software? Yeah. Well, no, X, X, oh, you're right. X cloud, but I X cloud, ha- they were talking about, uh, as any, as a future feature being able to, uh, stream from your Xbox like directly, like your unit. directly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's still that would still be through XCloud. Okay, just to sorry, you know, I thought it, I, th- I called it the wrong name, but I I have one cast on my on my iPad, which lets me stream from my Xbox to <laughs> right, my iPad because that's using um the built in like Windows game right. APIs, right? And right, exactly. Yeah. I. <laughs> It's just so bizarre. Like, I feel like we're going to see a uh, 
we're going to see a change of stance here from Apple. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take, but obviously Microsoft's trying to tighten the screws, right? Like they came out and they publicly called Apple out and said, it's not us. It's the policies that are, Mm -hmm. that are issue here. They had to like, so Microsoft, like Brett initially said, didn't, uh, Microsoft didn't say anything about why it wasn't coming out on iOS or why it wasn't announced. And I feel like there was a lot of people going, well, why can't I play it on my iPhone? You even have <laughs> have it on testing. And I think that's why Microsoft came out is because they were getting asked why it's not coming out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they're, they're it, taking a lot of it's heat not for on it. us. It has nothing to do with us. <clears throat> right. Go talk to Apple. Yeah. Interestingly enough, also, I mean, you mentioned, um, so steam, uh, does have an app on there and that apparently they had to do some kind of, uh, they had to remove the ability to purchase games on the app in order to get that on there. Right. Um, and interestingly enough, Facebook gaming, which I have not much love for Facebook, um, honestly, but, uh, came out today with their Facebook gaming app, which, um, is partially a, you know, watch streamers play, but also you can, you can stream games. Um, that's out for Android works exactly as they intended it, but they had to remove the ability to play streaming games for the iOS version. So, you know, I think, Michael, like what you're talking about with my, it's not just Microsoft, you know, twisting those screws. You're going to see lots of these other big corporations tighten the screws too. And that I think is our best chance of, you know, getting something through is when enough of the bullies team up against another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, we've, we've even seen that already happen with, against Apple in the app store before is there's been companies that have basically publicly come out and said, Apple's <clears throat> blocking this feature on this app. And once it's gotten public enough, <laughs> Apple's basically been like, all right, well, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And they've come to an agreement. So I'm hoping if nothing else, this will at least bring Apple to the table to talk about what they can do. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I just don't expect any movement on this anytime. Uh, soon. No, which no, is, which is too no. bad. <clears throat> Maybe Ta- I need to look in cheap uh, <laughs> Android tablet, right? <laughs> Can I not recommend the Galaxy Tab S7, uh, which price tag was too high? Uh, come on, I thought it didn't have a price yet. Oh my not! I just was sticker shocked by the phones. So I assumed everything in there was pretty expensive. Uh, no, it's it's actually that's iPad price seven fifty or uh, eight fifty. No, I mean that's not too bad. We're, we're talking bad. about a service that has no does not rely on the hardware at all. So I'm going to be buying the absolute <laughs> cheapest tablet that I can get that can run <laughs> that can buy stuff from the Android store. <laughs> yep, not a bad idea. Well, on that yeah. fun note, hmm. Timothy, you, uh, you've been playing a game that actually Ooh. looks like quite a bit of fun. And I have one question for you, uh, later on, but, okay. um, 
can you can you tell us about Ghosts of Tsushima, which we talked about uh, a couple a episodes ago? But yeah, um, it's really good. So the Ghost end. of Tsushima, Excellent. good review. Yeah, that, that's it. It's <laughs> it's just five stars. Let's move on. Okay, no no spoilers. <laughs> um, no Ghost of Tsushima is an open world game where you play as a samurai. And actually, I just heard today it's actually the second best selling title on PlayStation Four. Oh wow! And they've had a good they've had a good little run sorry, here this summer in Japan. Oh oh okay, which ah. is still more impressive because Japan doesn't typically buy games that are made in the West. So mm. the fact that it's the second best selling game in Japan is kind of nuts because this was not made by a Japanese developer. This begs the question: What was the first best selling game? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, it's it's probably a Jap. I mean, I'm sure it's a Japanese developer. I just don't know what it is. Anyway, um, but yeah, we we talked about it a little bit. I think <clears throat> when was that? It was. It wasn't the Sony event. Was it the Sony event? Yeah, because we got a we got the gameplay sort of. Um, trailer for it. That's where right. They they ran around the world and showed you just a couple highlights and i talked about how i was excited because it doesn't rely on a mini map and it kind of has more natural ways of finding a way around the world and it worked it definitely worked differently than i was imagining but it's really cool so there's still a world map that you can open and you still like mark places on a map or select a mission and then it'll guide you to it but the thing that's crazy about it is instead of giving you like a compass or a mini map and then you like line up your character with the dot on one of those two things the wind just kind of constantly blows in a very gentle way and that's the direction that you need to go that's and it's really neat. cool yeah that is really cool so there's when you're just traveling through the world there's no hud but even though there's no hud you know exactly where you need to go and then if you if you can't quite tell because sometimes there's not enough stuff blowing to blow or around you so that you can tell where you're going, you just swipe up on the touchpad and it does like a strong burst of wind that shows you with like wind lines where you go need to go. <laughs> no, really over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, like it was amazing. It just you it felt a lot more freeing because you kind of just followed the wind and then you'd run into stuff and there was something about there not being a dot that made it so i went on a lot more side tangents to do stuff and i mean also Mm. helps that the world's gorgeous it's just a gorgeous gorgeous game and uh yeah it's super fun and i saw there was it, it got like it got pretty good reviews but there was some negative reviews saying it was very repetitive but it was never like it never felt like I was just checking off a bunch of boxes to get stuff done. Like you, you never feel like you're falling behind because you don't finish a bunch of side stuff. In fact, you don't even need to do all the side stuff to like max out most of your stuff for your character, which is super nice. But like at the, to upgrade your bow, you, you basically got this, special kind of wood from a a certain kind of tree and you only got it by going to 
by solving these uh, like jumping puzzles up to a shrine where you pr- where you prayed. And then there'd always be like a tree that you could get some of the wood to upgrade your bow. And I got enough to fully upgrade my bow and I wasn't even I wasn't even two thirds the way through the game. So they they don't actually expect you to get all of them and still get your full upgrades, which is super cool. Hmm. Hmm. So I did end up doing everything in the game because I really enjoyed it, but it never felt like I needed to do it to get to the next thing or to, you know, to, to feel like I did everything in the game. And then on top of that, they had really good side missions. So, that, so they'd have uh, basically these characters that you'd interact with. And then any major character you interacted with, they'd have a tail. And it would tell you how many missions it had. So you knew exactly how far along you were progressing in it, which was really cool. So it didn't feel like this endless quest of, okay, how much longer am I going to be doing this? <laughs> it was like... That's nice. You're on three out of nine. And they were all super, super good and had tons of character development, really interesting characters. Because they're actually like the story of the game is that this island to Japan, Tsushima, which is a real island, is being invaded by the Mongols. And so basically everybody on the island, their entire life is up in turmoil. So it's like the all these really interesting stories about the way the wars impacted all of them Hmm. and uh it ended up being like you learn something different from all the characters about kind of about like what the main character should be doing and uh i really enjoyed it 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 was almost like witcher three levels which i guess neither of you have really played it much but almost witcher three levels of side quests which is they're really famous for the side quests don't just feel like stamps where it's like oh you just go here and you kill all these people and then you get a gold star it's like it actually has interesting moral things going on and interesting questions that you ask yourself about am i doing the right thing is this character doing the right thing is this just well we're at war you know like it's just super complicated moral quandaries and Mm -hmm. so i mean i just I don't have, I could talk about it for a long time. There's, it's really, really fun. Uh, in fact, one of the things I love the most about it, have, have either of you ever tried a dark souls game? So no. So I was, I'm like curious even, where you're going with even this. Briefly. Okay. So you, you've because never I even have, like, touched I hated one. it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't like dark souls games. I did enjoy bloodborne, but bloodborne. The only reason I enjoyed it was because it encourages you to be aggressive whereas dark souls kind of encourages you to be defensive even though it's a very similar fighting style but the thing that sucks about all of them including bloodborne is if you fail you get severely punished for it that's the reason why i hate dark souls does it's not because the combat i think the combat's super satisfying it's because oh i made one mistake i'm dead now i've got to go back through the entire last hour of the game to get where I what where I'm going. The thing I liked about Ghost of Tsushima and the thing I was worried about before it came out was it has Dark Souls style combat. Like the if you don't have your timing right, it can be really punishing. But you have enough health that it's never gonna be like, oh crap, I missed that one dodge or that one block. 
I'm dead. And now I've got to start over. Mm. Oh, that's good. And then if you die, you, you at most you're going back like five minutes. And even right. then, it's usually not even five minutes. So I liked it because it had the super satisfying, like timed combat. You can basically like every single enemy, if you do a perfect parry on them, you can kill them in like one or two attacks. And then it has this really cool moment at the beginning of the fight that if you want, before the enemies fully see you and start engaging you, you can call a standoff and they'll basically like come up to you and you both have your, your swords like not fully ready. And then you wait until they tr- start attacking you and then you hit a button and you just cut them down. And then you basically, if there's a group of them, they come at you one at a time and keep attacking you after that. So if there's like a group of three of them, you could just kill them all and be done with the fight. Huh. And it's super, super fun and interesting. Uh, I, I just suggest you look it up because uh, me describing it's not going to do do it justice. <laughs> oh. But uh, go ahead. I was just so it was interesting that you mentioned Dark Souls because that was one of the questions I had for you was was mm. the combat style. Um, I recently was playing Jedi Fallen Order and one of the things about that game that drove me nuts was the combat felt squishy to me. Um, it was not clear to me at all times, like when I should push a button or that if I were going to, that if I did push a button, that the act, the action I wanted to happen was going to happen immediately or in the way that I wanted it to. It's it's hard to describe, but I kept finding myself being frustrated with the combat system. And it does um, have a, a little bit of that because it does, the combat system does have some depth. So you basically have like four sword stances and each of them are better against a certain type of enemy. So like if an enemy has a spear, then you use wind stance and you know, there's three of, there's four types for four types of enemies. Mm-hmm. And so learning how each move function or how each stance functions takes a little bit of getting used to, but about halfway through the game, I understood how all of them worked. And so it was satisfying instead of frustrating. Okay. And that's, that's good. That that's pretty much the only thing similar to that. Okay. Um, and then the, the last thing I'll talk about with it is it's one of the best it's not like last of us level, but it's one of the best stealth games I've played where you can pretty much take out an entire group of enemy stealth. But if you ever mess up and break stealth, you don't feel like you're up against impossible odds because the combat system's good enough. So I very much enjoyed that. And also it's one of the few games where ranged combat is super satisfying and fun. While the melee combat is also super satisfying and fun. So I would recommend anybody that likes uh, open world style games, pick it up. Super fun. It definitely looks interesting. Um, If I didn't already have a huge backlog of games that I need to play, (laughs) uh, I probably would jump on it. Um, Well, you know, wait till it goes on sale and that's my my plan. Yeah. So something else I read about the game, and I'm curious if you did this at all, but apparently it has a Kurosawa mode. <laughs> I didn't do it. 
I, I think if I play it again, I might do it. Which um, is kind of clever. I, I like the idea. It basically makes the game black and white and sort of applies uh, maybe like a film exposure curve to to the scene so that, you know, the darks, yeah. the, the darks kind of get a little blotchy and... It, and add some film grain. Yeah, and they add some film grain. So it looks like it's an old black and white Kuros- Kurosawa film. And uh, I thought that was actually a pretty clever um, thing to do. I don't know how many people are going to use it, but um, it, it felt like a fun nod to to the genre. I, and I believe I read that Kurosawa's estate approved of the mode. <laughs> oh. like they were they <laughs> nice. were impressed with it and were like, "Oh yeah, we totally approve of that." So that's awesome. No, th- this is heavily. If you've ever seen a Kurosawa film this is heavily inspired by kurosawa like that the standoff the standoff thing is something that happens in his films Mm, okay which is honestly was a big inspiration kind of both ways they influenced each other for uh western films so like duels in western films were inspired by kurosawa and kurosawa was inspired by duels in in western films so art man everything is a derivative <laughs> um it was funny when you when you mentioned uh a stealth game uh you know if you accidentally break stealth and you have just incredible punishing consequences um <laughs> my my brain went straight to uh in 64 golden eye when you're like stealthing through the um Oh, the satellite. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? The it was the golden eye, like the facility. Yeah, and there was a certain thing you could do that if you set off the alarm, it just the game would just send hort like endless supplies of enemies yep. at you, and you like you would be stuck in a room and you'd just be like trying to kill guys. But like my friends and I would do that on purpose because <laughs> it yeah, was just yeah. fun. It was like, well, it was back how in long the day can we- you survive? It was back in the day when there wasn't a lot of content in games. So it was like you you, you spent a lot of time on GoldenEye because it was like the only game, one of the only games you had. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like a mini game within the game. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, for some reason when you when you mentioned that, my, my brain went click. I'm like, oh, yeah, those are the good days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was more thinking like Assassin's Creed when I, yeah, when I was thinking yeah. of it. But uh but that's pretty funny. Did you ever play um, the original Splinter Cell game on yes. like classic Xbox, where you could I like did. you had the pistol and you could shoot out the lights? Yep, in the environment. Oh, and I yes. shot out every single light in the entire game. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that was so awesome. I love yep. that mechanic. Um, well, the, the, and the most unrealistic thing about that game is nobody seemed to notice that the lights were shut out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's not something that I feel like I feel like that's something that a modern game could play could have could have a lot of fun with. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because they can do more complex things with you know enemies and um it, you know their reactions to lights going out and and that kind of thing. But uh, I, yeah, I, I'd love to see an enemy going. Like walk up to one and be like, "Why is this? Why is this uh, light broken?" 
And so then he's just standing in the dark looking at it. And then you just walk up behind him and kill him. Yeah, he's like radioing. Like he pulls like, out uh, his phone like, what's Terry's number again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got we to gotta light out in Sector 7. <laughs> Man, I, I can't believe like, they've had some good Splinter Cell games since then but they just for some reason they don't think that the Splinter, Splinter Cell stealth games sell because they don't make them anymore I, I had good good fun with uh, the first two or three of those yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so real quick According to Reddit, um, and obviously Reddit has lots of opinions. I was going to say it's but, the uh, it is the gold standard for information on the internet. <laughs> Indeed, it seems like the uh, kind of the consistent tablet that's rec- recommended for XCloud streaming. If you're just looking to get a tablet just for that, so cheap, um, would be a Samsung Galaxy Tab A. They're priced $130 to $150. That's not bad. Is that used or that's like, that's not new price? That's new. Wow. That's new. That is amazing. So, you know, just for anyone else who's looking at that, um, there's obviously you can go find pretty much anything that'll run Android 6 or above, but. That seems to be the one that uh, a lot of people on Reddit are suggesting and saying that they they it, it tested well during the beta. Um, oh, cool. It worked well during the beta. So there's you know they're not just saying because it's of the device they're they're backing it with experience. Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be the only important thing is it's got to be a tablet that runs well, right? Like on its own. That's mm-hmm. going to be the only thing that gets in the way. Other than that, it should all it should have to handle is a streaming connection. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, reminder for for listeners: next episode we are going to be doing movie night uh, with Charade, 1963's Charade, starring Audrey Hepburn, Cary Grant, Walter Matthau, James Coburn, uh, and directed by Stanley Donen. Uh, have you watched it yet, either of you? Well, I, I watched it. I've watched it years ago. Oh, but you're going to watch it I'll again, watch it again. I yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My plan is to, man, my plan is to watch it early. Uh, I guess well, we have two weeks. Yeah. I'll probably watch it sometime, maybe the end of this next week. But yeah, no, I, I love our movie night episodes. I am very excited for this one. Me too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that pretty much covers it for the week. Uh, if you know, if you have show ideas or feedback, want to tell us what we're doing wrong or right, uh, feedback at iapodcast.net. Yeah. And, um, tell us what movie we should do next. Yeah, some movie ideas. Although in you know, our conversation last week, feedback. uh or last time about Moon. Uh, that that mm-hmm. got me wanted to watch Moon again. But <laughs> Yes. I still think we need to watch <laughs> Primer though, since yeah, you've yeah. seen it, right? That's, no, true. that's true. That's true. Is it on the is it on the list? No, it's not. Put that on the list. It isn't on the list, you're right. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I, oh there. I really just wanna wanna come in. After you guys watch that and hear you guys go, 
what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's when we got to watch together. And do a fun. Mystery Science Theater 3000 style thing. Oh, we should we should totally do that. We that could, could do be it fun. Like uh, start Plex the track together. and say and say, okay, start the movie now, and people can watch it while they listen to the podcast. Just do a live a live movie commentary. Yeah, that could be amusing. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you. See you guys. Bye. I just realized I hadn't sung at all this episode. That right there. That's what I'm talking about. That's the magic. You're not recording, but Brett is. (laughs) So you haven't even gotten to play with the HDMI switcher yet? No. Man. (laughs) I got it on Monday, and I uh, obviously we had had our What the Fanboy show. So I did that and then went to bed. I'll need a link for that. And then I got it out on Tuesday. Uh, Okay. You need a link for the show? Yeah. No. I don't know if you've you've noticed, but like when you mention the show, there's a specific chapter marker where if you're like watching Uh, your podcast player, it switches to the what the fanboy artwork and has a link to it (laughs) for like three seconds. (laughs) And it goes back to whatever we were talking about. I love that. Well, I'll do better to uh, to to shill this podcast it's, on that podcast. It's to, it's to the <laughs> point where my my uh, encoder software knows where to find the artwork automatically <laughs> based on love the chapter it. title of what the fanboy. I love it. We we might actually get some viewers if you if you plugged us on what the fanboy. <laughs> right, some listeners. I've, I've been. <laughs> I've mentioned it a couple. I I don't. Well, okay. Yes, I will continue to bring up the podcast. I mean, not, I know you guys aren't like hugely popular, but you're like more popular than us. More popular than us, <laughs> at least. I don't know about a thousand. Does he have? Does he have like seven thousand viewers? No. Yeah. We have. Do we, do we have seven? <laughs> <laughs> we have a. We have. Like, I don't know. Thir- 1300 subscribers on YouTube, but most of those are like from the trailer reaction days. Mm, yeah and so like we they're they're not we don't get yeah yeah podcasts like aren't exactly the uh and this is not like about the content it's not what youtube right uh pushes no so if you if you release like an hour-long video on youtube 
you're oh, not, yeah. You don't it's, even get really advertised compared nope. to a 15 minute video. No, you don't. Our our short videos that we do do way better than our long form episodes, but I have zero desire to go in and edit our long form ones into shorter segments for better viewership because I'm not getting paid. Yeah. So, and then you, and then you'd have to be like, "What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Be sure to <laughs> smash that like button." <laughs> yeah. See what's, what's funny up, is techies. Make sure funny you smash the, that the, like button. The YouTube channels that I follow fans. either don't do that, or if they do it, they do it like you just said it. Like it's like <laughs> making fun mm. of everybody else. <laughs> it's so painful. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, subscribe, ring that bell, scrabble. Yeah, what was the deal? Like the ring that bell, they like added a thing, like to just make it more oh, complicated. It's it's, it's really. Uh this this is like not something i want to really talk about on on the podcast but it really seems to me like youtube has gotten more popular than they know how to handle that is absolutely the truth (laughs) because they Uh, they don't know how to support the people that make them money yeah yeah so like what you're what you're mentioning with the with the like ring the bell thing is that essentially people are subscribed to so many different things. How do you, they needed an extra step to filter out. What do you really want to see? Yeah. And that's where the like, actually they give you notifications for stuff. Well, and they did another thing even before the bell that just completely like ruined the platform. And, and most people you talk to don't even know that it's a thing. And that's that you used to, when you logged into YouTube, it would take you to your subscription page. Right, first. But it now takes you to the home page, which is where they show you recommendations. It's just the recommendations often have your subscriptions in them. Yeah. So a ton of people don't notice. And so, like, content creators will be, like, they'll t- they're will they talking to a fan and they're like, how come you haven't released a video in a while? I haven't seen one. And it's because the homepage just never suggests that person's video to them, even though they're subscribed to them. Oh, YouTube. 